Happy, happy, happy Halloween weekend. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Very, very big weekend in the Guglielmo household. Uh, we, this weekend, are celebrating not only, of course, Halloween and a little boy who is conscious of Halloween for the first time really ever. Because if you think about it, uh, two years ago, he was not alive for Halloween. And last year, he was only one and honestly just didn't even really understand what the hell was going on. This year, he kind of understands that there's like a, you know, a a kind of a hoopla going on. And that he gets to dress up as a fireman. Uh, But the big thing that makes this weekend even more extra special is the fact that tomorrow, or I guess as you're hearing this, today, Sunday, November 1st, Leo Guglielmo turns two years old. And so it's a very, very special weekend. And it's one that we're realizing we're going to have to juggle delicately in years to come because, um, you know, he's a little kid. I don't want Halloween to get overshadowed for him, but because his birthday is the day right after Halloween, I fear we're going to have to juggle that delicately in the future. You know, we're just talking about how today's Halloween, but really like, you know, grandma and grandpa came over today and it was very much so like a birthday party today. And and it's like, well, we kind of want to like reserve Halloween for Halloween and birthday for whatever. It, the two will just kind of bleed into each other forever. We'll figure it out. I'm sure it'll help at some point, too. I'm sure at some point we'll do a Halloween-themed birthday. So it won't always be a bad thing. Not that it's a bad thing even. It's not a bad thing. What are you talking about, Paul? It's not a bad thing at all. Just don't want either one of the things to get overshadowed. So we are. We're celebrating. Um, you know... Brother Weeze used to have a wonderful take on birthdays that I just think is a really, really good opinion, and that is it's really a day to celebrate the mother who gave birth because, you know, the baby doesn't remember. Baby didn't do anything. Baby showed up. It's the mom who did all the work. That's the mom's day. And especially when you're talking about your firstborn, in this case for my wife, this is the boy who made her a mother. And I remember thinking, like, I'll get all sentimental and gooey with you guys for a minute. I seriously, I've I, I've been dating my wife for 10 years, right? We've been married for four. We were together for years before that. Um, and I knew really early on that, like, this girl needs to be a mother. She is just n- a natural caretaker, just a natural mother. And, and every year that went by where she wasn't a mother, I remember always thinking, like, boy, there's, you know, some somebody's going to be real lucky one day to call this woman a mother and and that's you know luckily my son now gets to have my wife as a mother because she's just the best mommy that any little boy could ever dream of and two years ago i remember what was going on so on halloween two years ago uh it was a work day i did radio all morning and then uh, my wife called me in the middle of the day and um the story is a little i'm not it's not overly graphic but i'm going to use the word leaking and uh, there's some people who might be uneasy with that, but it is what it is. It's childbirth. You need to mature yourself, okay? My wife basically called me that morning and said, I'm leaking. And the due date, by the way, was October 29th. So we were two days over the due date. So we decided, let's call the, the doctor. We called the OBGYN. We went in for a, an appointment pretty much right away. I think she might have called me around 9. We were at the doctor's office by 1030. They ran a quick test. Doctor comes back into the room and says you need to go to the hospital today. And now it wasn't a an emergency, and she even used those words. She said, it's not an emergency. You don't need to, you know, there's no reason to call an ambulance. You don't need to go run to your car right now and then pedal to the metal, drive dangerously. 
But she said, you're going to have this baby in the next probably 48 hours. So um, your water broke, but it didn't do like in the movies where it just breaks. It was more of a more of a, a, a very long, slow breakage of the water. So that's what the leaking was. So um, she said, look, go to the you need to go to the uh, uh, hospital. And she warned us right then and there. You could be looking at a couple of days until the baby's actually here. But I would like for you to try to get to the hospital within the next couple of hours. And then this is where I did the thing. And there's so many couples that have this story. So I have to be honest with you. My story is pretty similar to many other. Um, so I I decide that I'm going to go grab us some lunch. Because, <laughs> of course, I'm thinking with my stomach, right? I'm like, well, wait a minute. It's only 11 a.m. I'm starting to get hungry for lunch. If we go to the hospital now, before you know it, it'll be 3 o'clock. And we will have never eaten lunch. Oh, God. I cringe even at my thought process now. But So I, I go to Wegmans right there in Penfield near where the OBGYN was and uh, get us some pizza, a few slices of pizza for lunch. I remember I bring it home. And my wife's super calm. She's in no no panic whatsoever. You know, she's honestly, like, kind of packing a bag. And um, I come home and I can see that she's really not in a panic or a hurry. So I, I say to her, I go, do you mind if I just... You know, the mail had just come. I'm like, do you mind if I just kind of rifle through the mail and see if there's anything business-wise, you know, checks or anything that I need to cash real quick or checks I need to write? Since, I, you know, I knew in my head I'm going, life's about to change drastically and I'm about to be completely unable to run my business for at least the next, like, three days here. Totally understandably. But let me just get everything done right up to this moment so that it doesn't accumulate too badly in these few days while I have to take my eye off the ball here. So uh, I, she was like kind of cool with that. And I ended up, you know, instead of like 10 minutes, it was like 45 minutes. And now she's starting to lose patience a little bit. And she's saying, you know, it's been it's been a couple hours. And she said we need to get to the hospital within a couple hours. And she's not in any pain yet. There's no contractions or anything. She's just saying like, look, the doctor told us to get there in a couple hours. It's been a couple hours. Let's get moving, Polly. And so finally I wrap that up and then I announce <sighs> I announce that I like to take a quick shower before we head. I'm just worried I'm not going to shower now for a few days. And really what was happening was I was panicked. I was the one who was panicking, but in a weird way, right? Like I wasn't outwardly kind of panicking like the dictionary definition of panicking, but I was just I was, I think I was panicking a little bit, you know, and we go to the we finally we go to the hospital and we're fine we're you know the first thing that happens the nurses the doctors they all kind of tell us like look this baby's not coming anytime soon this is by this time it's about three in the afternoon first of all they check us in and then we don't actually get uh, into a room for like an hour hour and a half after that so that was another interesting thing I, I'm noticing I'm going well they're not in that much of a hurry Ryan's in absolutely zero pain there's no signs of labor at all she's completely fine. We're just sitting in the waiting room. We finally get into our room, 4 or 5 o'clock. I remember we ordered Grubhub, Bunga Burger, watch TV. The nurses were in and out, kind of, you know, kind of just, just kind of talking us through what the next couple of days was going to look like and what labor will look like. And they also announced that because my wife's water did not break in a traditional way, but instead in a, in a slow sort of leakage way, that they would like to induce labor. They're going to start to give her a medication, and that medication is going to just make sure that this is more of a 48-hour thing and not like a 
you know, there there are cases I guess where they're thinking, look, you could be it could be five, six, seven days till this baby comes. We don't want you to sit in a hospital bed for the next seven days. We can speed this up a bit. So they start giving her this medicine and sooner than later, now it's nighttime. It was a Thursday, I remember Thursday night football was on. And um what happens next is I fall asleep. Anybody who's had their child at um uh we were at uh Oh, what's it? Highland. Yeah, we're at Highland. And uh, the daddy situation is not very comfortable. But again, you know, I don't think anyone really cares about daddy in these situations. So daddy is trying to sleep on this little chair. And mommy is pretty much just up watching TV, obviously extremely anxious, not that easy to fall asleep. She ends up starting to feel some pain overnight. She wakes me up around midnight and says, um, I'm starting to feel like some pain like some and the nurses are coming in pretty regularly too that's the other thing to remember the nurses are in every 30 minutes or so she tells the nurse the nurse is like yeah yeah it's early very early signs you know you're having some early contractions you know no worries you know you still have a long way to go but um yeah it's a good sign that you're starting to feel some so i remember from midnight till 5 a.m she woke me up maybe two three times just to say like wow it's really starting to hurt you know at first it was like whoa yeah this is this is her. And then by 2 uh, two or 3 a.m., she woke me up again to say, like, boy, these are, ah, this is starting to get a little. Then at 5 a.m., she woke me up, and she was like, you're not going back to sleep. This is starting to really hurt. And by that time, she was in full-on labor. It was 5 a.m. now, and she's, you know, her contractions were really hitting her hard. And so I'm awake, and, and um, my mother-in-law, Ryan's mom, gets to the hospital, I want to say, pretty early, but 6, 6.30 or so. And the nurses are checking constantly, and they keep on. They keep telling us that we could be looking at, as you know, the earliest we're looking at is like tonight, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours from now. Remember, this is six, seven, eight in the morning. They're telling us we we're looking at at best tonight, right? Ryan, meanwhile, is really starting to have these intense contractions. It's really starting to be where it's clear that she is in pain when the contractions come around and she's still on absolutely zero pain medication finally around i want to say it's seven or eight you know basically around the same time that they tell us this could still be another 12 to 24 hours she says let's do the epidural now my wife really didn't mind the epidural. it wasn't like she was trying not to do it or not she was just holding out as long as she can because the thing people don't realize about the epidural is once you take that you're stuck in bed now because it's going to numb your body so she's she's basically saying okay i'm ready to be stuck in bed no more walking around the room because that's another thing when you're having these contractions you're walking around you're bending over backwards bending over frontwards there's all kinds of different tricks she can kind of do to work her way through these contractions. The epidural is going to take the pain away, but it's also going to make it where she can't leave the bed. So she finally elects to take the epidural. They tell her, okay, we're going to order that epidural. That should be here, you know, 20 minutes, half hour. We'll get you on the epidural. We'll be ready to go. Meanwhile, my wife is just really intense contractions. Like real, Now it's really, uh, you know, where when she has a contraction, it's like, shut up, everybody. Let's help her through this, you know. And um, next thing that happens is, if I'm remembering all this correctly, I did uh, one more panic move. Uh, I went to get a little breakfast at 8.30. God, this is funny. just realized the women listening to this right now are like, Ah, you jerk! Yeah, 8.30. Well, look, they had told us we're 12 hours away. I'm like, I'm just going to go get breakfast. I'll be back. 
I get back in the room about 9 a.m. And my wife is full on labor. She's like, she she's just, you know, she's going, I cannot take this for 12 hours, 12 to 24 hours. Where is the epidural? And the nurse comes in and the nurse says, it'll be here any minute. And my wife says, and I, and she'll kill me for this, but it is what it is. This is labor. She says, "Feel it just feels like I'm going to poop. You know, it feels like I have to. So the nurse says, let me just check. The nurse checks. And the nurse says, oh, sweetie, I think you're going to have this baby soon. I can feel its head. And so we, everyone, now it's all hands on deck. Get her up into the bed. Lean her back. Where's this epidural? This is when the nurse breaks the news to her. Oh, sweetie, you're you're a little too far along now for the epidural. I'm sorry. You're going all natural. And my wife is like, holy shit. And it's, you know, now it's uh, completely <laughs> no medication, no pain medication. She is going on natural. And uh, the, the, um, the nurse, and I loved this part because I caught this. I totally caught this. And I later confirmed it with her, by the way. The nurse's name was Annie at Highland Hospital. She was fantastic. Um, she gets on the little phone, and she basically calls to say, it's time to go into labor here and, you know, bring the whole team. And I can, I can tell the other side of the phone probably asks her how long or, or like, you know, where are we at? And she says, hi, I'm going to need the, uh, yep, I'm ready for the, you know, whatever, you know, A, B, and C. I need this kit, that kit, this person, that person. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. No, the baby is crowning. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yep, thank you. And then within about, f- I'm going to say 30 to 60 seconds, our room was full of people. And they wheeled a couple tables in full of medical instruments. And, you know, within 30 to 60 seconds of her making that, he's cra- you know, she's crowning phone call, it was, it was clear that we were in labor. The next thing that happens, it's time to call the doctor. So now she calls the doctor and has almost the same conversation. Hey, Dr. Ruckert, um, you know, we're in room so-and-so. It's Ryan Guglielmo, and she's, uh, she's in labor. And then you can, again, you can tell he says something, and then she says the same thing to him. She goes, the baby is crowning. We have, uh, we have some, what did she call it? She called it, not immersion. It's not a, she said it's, we have... Oh, God, penetration's not the right word either. It was like, we have breach. Breach, that might have been it. Like, we have a... Well, no, maybe that's not it. Something... I don't remember what it was. It was some word that basically meant, like, this baby is knocking at the door. So Dr. Rucker shows up probably two minutes later, and I notice he has sweat on his forehead. I looked at him. I didn't even hide this from my wife. And I said to him, I go, you ran here, didn't you? And he looked at me and he nodded and said yes. <laughs> Leo Guglielmo was born at 9.59 a.m. 9.59. At around 8, they told us we had 12 to 24 hours to go. Yep. Um, Leo, oh, God, I'm trying to think of a couple last-minute things. My, my wife in those final minutes, too, the push, 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 you know, at one point, she screamed at me. At one point, she screamed at her mother. I remember uh, specifically for me, it was talking because I just, I'm a talker. So I'm, I'm nervously just talking. I'm asking questions. I'm saying things. I think I might even had a joke or two in there. And she at one point just announces, you need to shut up. And I was just like, okay. 
okay. And then my mother-in-law at one point, she says, Mom, I need water. And, you know, she gives her water. And then Ryan jerks away from the water. A little water spills on her. She screams at her mom. Mom! <laughs> then, then, uh, oh, and here's, a, here's another thing. The doctors kept, and the nurses kept asking me, they're like, are you okay? Do you need anything, you know? Because they did say, they did tell us at one point, they said, somebody has to keep a half an eye on the, on the father because some guys just can't handle all this because your wife is in all kinds of pain. There is blood, right? There's, uh, there's just, you know, there's a lot happening and, and some guys just lose it. They turn white, they pass out. So one of the nurse's jobs is to keep it ha a half an eye on the, on the, basically the non-medical person in the room. Cause you think about it, it's this super medical situation that's going on yet right next to the bed, they've got just a regular guy standing there. That's me. And that's in all childbirth situations, right? So they're like, look, we need to at least make sure that uh, this guy is not going to pass out on us and create a whole nother situation. So I was, and this is what I tell people to this day. Before we had Leo, of course you hear stories about being in health class when you're in 10th grade and they show childbirth on the screen and, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's whatever, it's gross or it scares people. I thought, and I saw a lot. I saw everything there was to see, quite frankly. I thought it was beautiful. I never was freaked out at any point. I didn't think any part of it was gross. I didn't like that my wife was in pain. Obviously, that's very difficult, but you feel very well taken care of. Like, you, you don't ever think that the pain is abnormal is what I'm trying to say. Yes, she's in pain, but, you know, you, you, you are being really assured that this is normal pain and that it's all for this greater moment. And it was because at 9.59 a.m., the doctor finally pulled, and the other thing I didn't know about childbirth is the doctor kind of at the final moments there kind of gives the, has to give the baby a bit of a tug there. You know, the baby is, do, is, is getting put, you know, mommy's doing a lot of pushing. The baby's not doing much. The baby's just like, what the hell's going on? And then the doctor is doing some, some sort of, uh, we'll say organizing down there. <laughs> to make sure that things are getting out of the way and then finally once once it's safe the doctor grabs that baby and like kind of give him a little tug and gets him out of there and i didn't realize that that was interesting to see was the was the doctor actually doing some tugging um but then he shows up the first thing the doctor does is holds him up and shows him to me literally shows me like the crotch because we didn't know the gender of our baby so i was to make the announcement and we were a hundred percent positive we were having a girl she had a feeling we were having a girl we had a feeling we were having a girl we just were sure we were having a girl so when i saw that little penis and balls man oh man i was like what and i paused for a couple seconds and i was like and then we had names picked out right so instead of saying it's a boy I looked at Ryan and I said, it's Leo. Leo's here. It's Leo. And I couldn't, I think we were both expecting to hear the female name, which I won't give up on this podcast just in case, because it's still in the mix maybe for next time. But we were both expecting to hear that other name. And instead I said, Leo's here. It's Leo. It's Leo. And then the baby goes right onto mommy's uh, chest and the baby's cold. That's another thing that, um, makes common sense but you don't quite realize till childbirth that baby has been in a very warm spot for the last nine months and as soon as it comes out the very first thing that happens is it's it's cold it's like freezing cold the baby is very upset because it's if you think about it the reason babies cry at birth is because they've been extremely comfortable and all of a sudden they have just had their entire world disrupted <laughs> 
It's like if you were in the middle of a night's sleep and somebody just came and ripped the blankets off of you and smacked you in the back and said, hey, you need to start breathing now. You know, you'd be like, what the hell's going on? That's basically what a baby's doing when it comes out of the chute and it starts crying. It's basically going, what the hell? <laughs> but of course, crying is good. Crying is good. So, um, Baby goes to mommy for a minute or two. Then I believe they have to do a couple of really quick things within that first few minutes, too. So baby goes to mommy for like two minutes. Then baby comes off of mommy and goes to be weighed, measured. And then also there is some sort, if I remember correctly, some sort of eye, something they have to put in their eyes, I think. I don't remember exactly, but there's a couple things that need to happen right then off the bat. And then baby goes right back to mommy. So my baby's with mommy for two minutes, then like with the doctor for like three minutes, and then right back to mommy again. Um, and that's that's childbirth, man. That's childbirth. And then your life has changed forever. And then you're and then you're busy. And another thing is, my father-in-law tried to walk in the room right in the middle of all this, and my wife was like, "Get out!" <laughs> She's like, "Dad, get out!" Um, you're really like in a. It's intense, man. It's intense. Not that you didn't know that, but it is an intense, intense situation. And then we were in the hospital, I think, for about two and a half days after that. Yeah, so that was Thursday morning. We left the hospital Saturday afternoon, I believe it was. And um, that's scary. That first time that you drive with the baby in the car, that's very scary. But we got him home and... There's that thing where you just don't know what exactly to do. Luckily, now in retrospect, infants are very, very easy because when they're an infant, they are going to sleep 18 or so hours a day. You know, you're going to change their diaper a whole bunch, but for the most part, they're sleeping 18 to 18 or so hours a day. They're obviously, they don't move. I mean, now that I have a two-year-old, I can see why a lot of my buddies were telling me, enjoy the baby stage it's the easiest part because looking back now those first few months are really easy especially because then there's you know maternity leave and even to a certain extent paternity leave so you kind of got all hands on deck situation everybody's home the baby doesn't move the baby sleeps almost all the time it's it's to tell you the truth looking back on it it was the easiest part but when you're in it you don't realize it's the easy part you know when you're in it you think like this is it's all just seems hard and that's that that's my leo that's my baby that's my little man that's the dude that changed my life that's my dude he's here okay i think that's it i think it's time for me to shut up and get to the interview steph hannah sip and saver she has really really done a great job with sip and saver and we'll talk about it in this in this uh, podcast quite a bit i'm gonna try and get you to see the other side of her too my friend steph hannah is more than just sip and saver she does a wonderful job with sip and saver but she's also a very kind person with a giant heart you'll hear a lot about something you don't really often get to hear from sip and saver when she's in character as sip and saver if you will is about her uh teach her real life her real job which is she's a teacher and she teaches special ed and Anybody who does that obviously has to have a gigantic heart, a ton of patience, and um, you'll you'll see it all just ooze out of her here. She's she's brilliant, she's kind, and uh, she's here on the podcast. Sip and savor, Steph Hannah.
Yeah, I, I was going to say we're recording with masks. So okay. if it sounds muffled at all, yeah. people will know. Like, okay. Said, we have to have the masks on. And we're <laughs> in my home right now. Right. Are we allowed to talk about why you're here? Yes. We can talk about yes. this? Yes. So I'm going to do just, uh, I can do like a small statement, basically. So Casey from The Rock Connoisseur and I, we um, are really excited to be working with several chefs, um, 10 to 15 chefs in restaurants and just amazing local people in the area. And um, we have a cookbook that is coming out. That's and awesome. we cannot wait to share this with Rat Dister. We are so incredibly excited. How the hell did you come up with me on the list? Because <laughs> some of the other people you talked about are like real chefs. Oh, come on. You are. <laughs> you're. It's Guglielmo's. I mean, come on. I told you it's my Can favorite, I... favorite pizza sauce ever. I, I love it. everything that you do. Can I and... tell you a secret, though, about pasta sauce? What? It's actually easy to make pasta sauce. Oh, come on. But there is there is seriously something about yours. And I'm, ki- I'm, I'm not even kidding. I always have several jars, of especially the pizza sauce in my fridge. And Whoa. I feel like I've, I've said that every single time that yeah. I've come on with you but is like if you open my pantry drawer I love you they're That's, in there thank multiple. you I'll send you home. I gotta send you home loaded up today I'll we were send just, you home we were just giving tips our friends came over for taco night the other night and we were um, telling them where to get their pizza dough from because they didn't want to make it homemade <laughs> and then we were like this is the only sauce that you're going to use understand <laughs> me nice. well our pizza sauce i can i actually remember exactly the what happened mm-hmm. i was going through a phase where i was trying to figure out how to sweeten sauces without sugar mm-hmm. because i knew that these new nutrition panels and if you start to look at the nutrition panels on food these days they're different than they were a few years ago they're uh-huh. things that are in bigger boulder and added sugar was a big deal yeah and then there was a push from the supermarkets where we do the majority of our business business to really eliminate or be careful about added sugar Mm -hmm. and so that was where i started to become motivated by how can we be sweet without sugar and so honey was the answer and then butter and honey i'm so there's nothing wrong with that yeah but i am so (laughs) embarrassed to tell you hold on a second i want to tell you why i like butter and honey together just because biscuits it's just good on biscuits (laughs) and i was like wait a minute if you're gonna have honey you gotta have butter butter and honey (laughs) butter honey tomato Uh, oregano pizza sauce perfect (laughs) yeah it's perfect it's all all you need sometimes simple is best though i don't feel like you need to be overly complex in anything no not really i think like to bring it back to the cookbook i feel like that's what's so great about this is the recipes that the chefs and the restaurateurs are, are bringing to this really are going to showcase things that you can do at your house, some of the favorites that are at these restaurants and places that people love to go. And we really just want to celebrate, again, I say this every single time, I want to celebrate the the owners and the chefs in the restaurants that we have here. They've done so many great things, so we really want to be able to to share that with everybody. Are we allowed to talk about who some of the other people are yet? Or no, not yet. That's a secret. Okay. So, but we we blew that I'm one of them. Yes, but okay. yes. So that's the only preview, I guess. Yeah, but none of the other ones. Okay, that's fine. But they, names people will recognize. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people are going to be really excited about the people that they see in this. Um, a lot of places that I go to often, mm-hmm. and I've shared uh, often on on my social feed, and and so I we just we can't. And we wanted to also bring um, another piece of creativity here to Rochester. I really love photographing and being able to work with my camera and being able to, um, I guess, just have another avenue to showcase what what we can do with our local area and beyond. So you are like a photographer, but you're not 
a train like a, 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 you didn't go into photography in life right I, this just kind of came as a result of what happened when when <laughs> step anna became sip and saver is yes, that right yes so if we I, went back in time 10 years were you a photographer or absolutely not? not no okay all right <laughs> no we had we had a nice camera um john moore did did like some nature photos when we'd go on hikes and that we absolutely love hiking and getting outdoors um and then i found that just as I as I continued with Sip and Saver, my camera on my phone wasn't enough. That's not to say that anybody else that's using that, you know, the, the power to you. Um, but I wanted more. And I really started to look and think about angles and lighting mm-hmm. and all of these pieces that come along with showcasing things on my feet. I just wanted more. And I took um, a course and then I would get tips from local photographers and really just started to build in that community and research more. And it's just been something that's become a passion of mine, along with sharing food and places that we go and, and whatnot. So well, I've really tried it. to thank you yeah. so much. I mean, I've been part of 100 photo shoots in my life. And this just now what we just did, that was if I thought you were a professional photographer, I would have thought you were a professional photographer thank you you know thank what i you. mean it seems like you know what you're doing so thank you so yeah. much still learn there's always more to learn but i just i love it i really do and i didn't help because my dish is like brown and gray <laughs> my dish is like the ugly and i realized it after you already got here i was like oh no because it like my dish like means the world to me right. should i say my dish or not no, no don't no, say okay. it. no so my dish like means the world to me <laughs> but also like it's just not picturesque and then i didn't even occur to me that it's not picturesque (laughs) until like you come and you whip out your camera and then i go oh no this is ugly (laughs) but i I think that the photos that we got really communicate your passion behind the dish i hope so i think that um you saved it i mean you yeah you saved it i think that's a big piece it's it's you're communicating more than here is the dish. Yeah. You know, there there's yeah. a feeling that you should be sharing through each of the photos that you present to people. So uh, let's talk a little bit about who you are. So you're a teacher. Okay. Yes. Uh, can we say where you teach or, or what yeah, grade sure. you teach? Or? Hilton, Hilton District. Awesome. Um, and then I teach special education. So this year I'm K, 1, and 5. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Tell me about like being in college and saying I want to go into education and choosing a special, yeah. special education. Like where was, where did the passion come from for that? Um. So my mom worked at BOCES and I was in my my senior year of high school and I didn't know which way I wanted to go culinary arts or did I want to go into the teaching field um and then I did the big brother big sister program and right there I was like this yeah you're a big you were a big sister I was I'm a big brother big sister board member (laughs) yes yeah I I knew I liked you that totally changed at that moment I was like I know this is what I want to do um And then I appreciated, I went to college at Fredonia and I appreciated right from freshman year, they got us into classrooms and they had us working with kids. And I know other colleges didn't do that. And I felt like I was able to test that out from year to year to year and really grow in that. And the most you learn is not necessarily from your courses. It's from being in the classroom with kids. And after that, I went to BOCES and I worked at BOCES for quite a few years. Um, I feel like I owe everything that I know to starting at BOCES. Um, You really are working with a wide range of abilities and the strategies that you pick up and are able to bounce off of each other. It's just, it's essential. And it's really helped me as I moved to different districts. Then I went to the Rochester City School District and I worked there for six and a half years. And now I'm at the Hilton District. 
the um, I don't know to what extent you want to talk about it, but the Rochester City School District. Mm-hmm. So I actually uh, also am in Rochester Rotary, and we adopt school number eight, and I get okay. to go volunteer from time to time. Yeah. And you know, the city school district obviously doesn't have a wonderful reputation, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's shocking Correct. news to say. Um, what I found by being in those classrooms from time to time, and you were in them obviously a million times more than I was. I've only been in a handful of times. Mm-hmm. What I found to be the maybe the the hardest thing to take was that every one of those classes has a few kids that really do want to be there Mm -hmm. and really do want to learn. Mm -hmm. And then you've got knuckleheads in every class. And my child is, (laughs) I hear my child in the, I don't know if that's going to come across the microphone or not, but my child is having some sort of a temper tantrum in the background, which means I'm in trouble later for missing this temper tantrum. (laughs) Anyway, I found that to be the saddest thing in the world, just to see like this little group of of kids sitting in the middle of the room who really want to be there. And then, you know, the kids around who are just, because I've been in as a speaker Uh before too, they're just kind of ruining it, you know? I can't speak to middle school or high school because I haven't worked in those areas. But in elementary, I can say I'm going to I'm going to spin that. So it's not that the kids I found it's not that the kids don't want to be there. I feel like a lot of times kids are testing you and it could be um, because of home life. It could be because of trust issues. It could be because of a variety of reasons. And you need to take time to build that trust with those kids. Mm -hmm. So over the course of, I worked in self-contained classrooms when I was in the city. And a lot of my time was spent on building that trust with kids. They needed to know that you were setting boundaries. Kids need boundaries. That's essential. Um, They need to know that when they push, you're not going to budge. And when kids see that you are going to give in time after time after time again, and that's one of the things that broke my heart Oh, saying, you know, maybe a child, his home, his home life is, is terrible or they, they have a lot of need at home, so we should just let them do what they want to do. No, we need to set boundaries and let the child know that you love and care for them. And when they know that you love and care for them and you have rules set, then you form that bond. And that child wants to be there with you. They look forward to coming to school and seeing you. You see that child change and wanting to do their work. They all of a sudden um, are are exceeding the the uh, tasks that you have set for them, and you set the bar, and then you raise it and you keep raising it because we need to expect that these children are. Go- Sorry, I'm so passionate about I love this, this, but you need to. I you, love it. You need to have faith in those children, and they need to know that you have faith in them. And if we're dropping the ball as educators. Um, it only fails them. I love the passion. That's awesome. And I think it's so great that people see this side of you, right? Because people who are going to listen to this probably only know Sip and Saber. Right. They don't know <laughs> right. Mrs. Hannah, right. the teacher. And I think it's great that people know that this exists. And that's awesome. That is so awesome. What do you find more rewarding? Is it a, is it uh, the, the kid who... who you know kind of is has a lot going for them and you really know they're off to the races in life like they're going to have a good mm-hmm. life or do you find it more more rewarding when you can take some of those kids and t- turn it a little bit yeah it's funny i I've, I've been asked this um by quite a few teachers because i've worked in such a range of districts and i like the kids who I don't like using this word, but I, I've heard this word in the teacher world, a kid that's deemed as naughty um, mm-hmm. or a kid who, who has self-control issues or whatnot. I like finding those kids and then really flipping them, flipping the script on that. And once again, once you set those boundaries for them, you let them know what your expectations are, you see them starting to achieve those things. 
and all of a sudden, you know, they become yeah. a learner. They're a learner. They're they're wanting to be at school. They want to be with you. And there's that bond that's formed. And I just I can't say enough how important it is. So I I feel like that is the most rewarding to me when those kids, the kids that sometimes people see as, you know, I'm not sure what we're going to do or, or we're, we're all out of options when they start making those achievements and, and wanting to be at school. What do you think of virtual learning? You guys aren't virtual, right? <laughs> are, are you in the um, classroom? I am. I'm both. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing both. It's got to be hard. It, it is difficult. I think um, everyone has a view point on it. And I think districts are having to do the expectations that are mandated by the state. And I think everybody needs to remember that no matter where your viewpoint is, um, we are doing the best that we can. And I guarantee <laughs> that teachers are working very, very, very hard. Um, there's numerous hours. There's It's not just making sure that tasks are being done for that group that day. We're considering the kids that are at home that day, the kids that in the various cohorts, your remote learners um, in special education, we're ensuring that kids have time with us when they're in school, obviously, but also setting up whether it's time with me, time with a TA, extra supports, where they can accomplish their tasks at home. So it's a lot of extra work. and we all want to see kids be successful. Yeah. Everybody does. It's just, it's hard. Is it hard to make the connection you're able to make one-on-one? You make the most of your time when those kids are at yeah. school. Yeah. You make the most of that So time. how does it work right now? Is it half and half? Is that how they're doing it? So or? my district has um, several different cohorts. So you're either a Monday, Thursday person, a Tuesday, Friday person, or you're a remote person, a total remote Okay. So it really is just dependent. So how do, at what point does Mrs. Hannah mm-hmm. become sip and saver? <laughs> After school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I meant, I mean, like back, you know, when you first started. Like, when did you start? <laughs> oh, okay. The, what was what came first? Was it Instagram? Was it a website? What was the first thing that happened? Um, it was instagram um and then the website like pretty soon after followed um i think i told this before i had never been on any social media ever before i was never on facebook i was never i didn't have anything how did you avoid it because you're not Uh, you're about the same age as me are you mid 30 in your mid 30s uh, i'm gonna be 37 i think okay (laughs) so you were about i'm a year older than you so how did you avoid because i mean we came in the same generation it was very hard to avoid aol instant messenger then it was myspace Uh than Facebook, right? Yeah. How did you avoid that for all those years? I I end with people in college. Like, I remember that. Like, that's how we would communicate. Remember away messages? (laughs) You remember how cool your away message had to be? Oh, yeah. Song lyrics. That was always what was song lyrics. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Fredoni was such a big music school. And so, yeah, definitely. Um, But I think uh, I just... I appreciated more in-person contacts. And I feel like I didn't want to go to a route where I wasn't in person communicating with people. I always wanted to be around my friends and doing things and I didn't want to see what somebody was doing on Facebook. I just wow. didn't care. That's crazy I did not though. care. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not crazy. It's healthy. It's extremely healthy <laughs> that you felt that way, but it's crazy to think about who you are now uh-huh. and to think that, I guess we're talking about 10 years ago at this right, time, right? Yeah. 10 years ago, you had that like, opinion. Yeah. Like that's crazy to think about the turnaround. You d- Does that opinion still exist in you somewhere where you're like, listen, there's a private scene here that has to still be kept Um, absolutely it's funny because one of the biggest things that people always ask me about is you're so busy how do you have time for everything Mm -hmm. I make time Mm -hmm. I there are there are parts 
of my day, there are parts of my weekend that I make my time or me and John time or me and friend time. And it's essential, like immediately after work, you know, when I leave, when everything is done, I need to leave that stuff. And then this is time where I need to decompress. It's I'm going to the gym and that's my stress reliever time. And that's for me. And then I have, you know, sip and savor stuff that I'm doing. And, you know, whether it's photo shoots or posts or visiting different places or promotions, whatnot. And then on the weekend, what I've been doing pretty much since school about started is John and I have been trying to do like hikes, um, get out there, get outdoors, make sure that we are getting fresh air, make sure that we're getting time for us to just decompress. Yeah. And that's the time that we need together. And that's time that I might need with a friend um, just to talk about things that are not related to any of this. Just just yeah. like have our time, just our be personal Steph time. Steph and John. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You need that absolutely. Yeah. What what am I supposed to refer to you as? I know I can, you're not a blogger. You're not <laughs> do uh, you don't like influencer, mm-hmm. right? No influencer. We don't use that. <laughs> foodie is foodie good or no, we don't like foodie. I I I don't really care. Well, I like, mean, are that's, you a spokesperson? You wanna... Is that what you are? <laughs> um I I use the word content creator because that's what I'm doing. I'm creating go. content okay. and then photographer. Okay. Um so those are the terms that I use if you want to say foodie that's fine okay if you want to add in some other terms that's fine but I content creator and then um photographer well I've noticed you've expanded areas. beyond because you were talking about being fit and going to the gym and stuff I've noticed you've expanded beyond just food you also do Absolutely. some fitness content creation right <laughs> like I've seen that it's so funny um it, it just it just happens it's just something that I naturally talk about and I feel like if somebody's not interested click on that's okay you don't have to look at that part um but people ask me a lot about you know fitness and things that I'm doing and I, I just throw it into my story I feel like my stories are just everything that's happening in my day-to-day life. I might get on and just be like, hey, what's up? How's it going? I look like a wreck right now. I just got out of the gym. I'm sweaty. My hair's like falling off the side of my head. I'm in my gym (laughs) shorts and my tank top. Um, And now I'm going and doing this. Or it's just, it's very casual. It's very loose because I feel like I want to be able to have a relationship and connect with people. And I don't want to um, be stuffy or... um, I guess just just be by the books as yeah. far as here's what I'm posting, here's what I'm doing, and if somebody wants to do that, totally, that's fine. You know, that's that's your feed. But for me, I just want to be very casual with yeah. people. Yeah, and that's why you connect, I think, so well with people too, because you know people relate to something in there, right? Right. right. Between the yeah. fitness, the food, or just Steph's life, yeah, they relate to something. That's my hope. Do, do yeah. Do you do any analysis? Like, do you actually look at your stories to see what types of stories are getting a ton of feedback, or those heartbreaking ones where it's like the first slide of a of a six part story <laughs> gets fourteen hundred views, and then like the second one has eight hundred, and the third one has 200 right, right. and you're like boy people are people are not <laughs> digging this story like I mean you know we've right. all had them do you well, dive into that or do you not even so analytics are important especially when you're working with businesses so I will say that there are pieces about it that I don't care if somebody looks at my my story about me doing you know going to the gym or I don't care if somebody likes the other day I showed a, a video of what it looks like when I come into the house and my cat comes racing toward toward <laughs> me it's like brand new every single day she see me for the first time she's so excited it doesn't bother me I don't care I'm not looking at those at those analytics really um but as far as like featuring featuring different places and forming partnerships and sponsorships that piece is important because you want to be able to communicate to the person that you're working with 
what they're going to be getting out of it. So when I'm when I'm connecting or collaborating with various people, I'm doing this for them to showcase them. That that's the purpose of me being hired or me being able to share their product. Then yeah. um, they need to know that that's that's important. And Instagram is up and down and all over the place. And and there's time where times where you might dedicate x amount of time and maybe you haven't reached exactly what you have wanted to but i think over the years i've told myself that's okay in the beginning i was so stuck on i need x amount of likes and why didn't this picture do as well and you know i posted this and this person posted the same thing and maybe my photo looked better and or my story was quote unquote better um but it didn't do as well and why not and it's it's just too much over analyzing and i found when i stepped back that's where it gets unhealthy too. yes though. that's the other thing. yes yeah. and yeah. honestly it's not the number of likes that you're getting and i i wish i wish people who are going into this would think about that it's not the number of likes that you're getting it's really about what are you bringing to the table and what connection do you have with people what is your engagement are your are the people that are following you really engaged and willing and and ready to go out and get that product or visit that place that you were just talking about those are the things that i'm more interested in well you you've gone i mean you are sip and savor i should say is so deep and it's why i I like it the most uh because it's not just i went to this restaurant i bought this dish and here's a really fancy picture of Mm -hmm. it because there's plenty of that right? right right you're you've created a whole thing like you have events you're working on a yeah. cookbook you're doing <laughs> chef throwdowns right, right, you know and you're, yeah. you really are a content creator as opposed to a you know a, a now i understand content creators yeah. absolutely what you are as opposed to a, somebody who's just taking pictures of the good luck burger and this is calling it their first post you know right, by right. the way great burger right it's just, yeah I should, absolutely it's just, you know it's everyone's first post <laughs> yeah and i i that's the one thing that's great about social media is you can find the person who fits what you want to view so if i'm not your kind of person if you're not interested in seeing my day-to-day if you're not interested in the backstory that i'm giving there's a million other accounts that you can follow i'm not offended um that's the freedom of social media and that's the freedom of you being able to have a choice there right um but i think that again it it goes back to what you want to communicate engaging and in being being a person that is there to represent yourself i want to be real to who i am but i also want to be able to showcase everything that there is here in rochester and beyond beyond rochester too i always whenever we go on trips i share what we do and where we're going and um i just think that there's so much more for me personally to share than just photos of of places um and that's where you get the events in the cookbook and different things i want to be able to create and go in different directions rather than be held in one particular um, viewpoint. Yeah, and and you you nail it. You know, you do a really great Thank job you. of it, and it's it's sip and savor. It's who you are. <laughs> you've become, it's, you, you've created a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the business side of things? Yeah, sure. So, how far into sip and savor <clears throat> did you first visit the idea of? Oh, I can content create for people, yeah. and that's worth money. 
how how long till that occurred to you and you started to actually um, pursue that? You know what? I think it was the same time that I did Rockin' Kitchen. So do you remember Rockin' Kitchen? Julia Antonucci and yes, I did it. I do. So it was like a year and we did... Um, I think it was five different chefs we did episodes and they came into my kitchen and we cooked and we did recipes and then we shared the videos out or we had a videographer Mark DiStefano and then we shared out those videos to people and we wanted it to be a series it ended after a year because it was just it was way too much with teaching sip and savor and everything going on but it was at the same time and I don't it's funny I'm so bad with dates Um, I'm just not somebody that can remember things like offhand like that but it was a few years back and um I it was then where I was like this is really something a direction that I want to move in I want to be I don't want to just share I want to be able to again connect with businesses and use this as a creative outlet and also essentially get paid for doing it because it is work it's not just uh I'm gonna take my iPhone snap a photo at you know a dinner table post it and then that's it write a quick caption I mean there's really a lot that goes into when you enter sharing. into a relation <laughs> when you enter into a business relationship absolutely saying, right. now, it's not yeah. just take a picture anymore right no you have to, no and even like yeah. I mean 98% of what I do is not paid for because I don't feel like if if you're constantly doing paid for things then you're devaluing yourself sure. and you're not really being an asset to people because then they're going to have trust issues with your account well how do right? I know the difference though because I mean do you because have to do you this? have to say add yeah, or you have add, to right? yeah you yeah. have to announce that and it actually has to be either at the top of and there's some controversy on this but it either has to be right at the top of your post or right underneath the words so the first hashtag not in the comment section uh-huh. but say I write my blurb and then immediately after you write ad ad mm-hmm. i see um or sponsored post and i do yeah. see people that hide it into their comments and technically that's going against Wh- who um, governs rule. this who's who's so it's the, the rule ftc they actually so are governing this so Oh, from yes. Fire Festival, right? <laughs> was it from Fire? Wasn't this like a, something from the Fire Fest, right? Do you remember Fire Festival? Tell me you I know don't. what I'm. You I have don't it. Oh my God! <laughs> you don't know Fire Festival? Then I promise you, tonight you need to go. Do you have Hulu and Netflix? Yes. You need to watch the Fire Festival documentaries. Okay. There's two documentaries: one on Netflix and one on Hulu. Uh-huh. And a bunch of influencers got in trouble for promoting. Oh, you this. know what? I think I might. I think I might. You have to remember here. Yeah. A yeah. bunch of influencers got in trouble, basically for saying greatest thing in the world. And then of yeah. course it turned out to be a, a you know a freaking dumpster fire, right? And right. Like these, and that was I think where it started that the FTC or whoever governs it mm-hmm. was like we have to start making sure that influencers are being yeah. true and so, not just getting paid and saying anything. Right. You know? And there is an accountability yeah. issue here, and you see it across. Like think about your your favorite accounts, like um, I don't know, huge accounts that are showing. Uh, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, you know, whatever it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. People are making a living that way. And I 100% support it. And I think that that's, you know, fantastic. But if you see that repeatedly, you start to question, is it something that you're really using? Because you said last week that you were using this other brand, which is the same, but it's the same product. So (laughs) I'm a little bit confused (laughs) here. That happens. Um, And and you start to wonder, like, who can you trust here? Yeah. By the way, I ran into this a little bit, Steph, Mm -hmm. because I just left radio in April. And I have said a couple things publicly now, either on the podcast or via social media, Mm -hmm. that contradicted things that I said on the radio regarding advertising. And like, for example, 
that's my Chevy Tahoe in the driveway. Yeah. I was a spokesperson for Garber Honda for years, and I have had to address those things and say, mm-hmm. look, I did do business with Garber Honda. I enjoyed doing business with Garber yeah. Honda. I purchased vehicles from Garber Honda. This is the future. I, now it's the future. Like, right. you know, I, you're not held to that forever and ever and right. ever. Nothing right. I said was, was false. Mm-hmm. I never lied. But yes, I did go and buy a Chevy at this point. And so I actually found myself getting that was no official that was not a, an official right. ftc thing that was just the public yeah. saying hey douchebag <laughs> i remember on the air when well, you <laughs> i think i think being open and honest about those things is a conversation people want to have right yeah um i think if you were if you were to you know kind of crumble in that moment and and in cower away like yeah. that people people would I, be I, like wait I drove, well, hold on a second i drove and, a honda from when i was 18 years old my parents drove hondas everyone drove hondas yeah and i honestly just was like I'm going to change it up and I'm not beholden to it anymore because I'm no longer a a spokesperson. I'm a private citizen now. Mm -hmm. And so I just had to be honest about it. And I guess I get to explain it again here, but there's been a couple like that where people have said, but you said, you used (laughs) to say, it is what it is, but you're right. The people will hold you accountable to stuff. Yeah. I think people need to remember too, you're human. And just because you like one product, it doesn't mean that you can't like another. Yeah. Um, You know, that goes with, I don't know, say I'm, I'm showing tacos, right? Or, showing chicken or, or whatever it is doesn't mean I can't eat at another place yeah. that sells something similarly every restaurant is different right um, and I haven't I haven't like found this with people who who are upset or, or complain about any of those things but I, I I do think that sometimes people are like wait but you said that that was your favorite or that was that was the best or that was whatever have you had people try to say that to you or I no? haven't personally but okay. I've heard like some other people yeah. have some yeah, have, yeah have some comments and I I think again we're human um and when when we talk we're talking in real time right yeah. and so i might be like oh my gosh that's my favorite and then like 10 minutes later I'm, oh that's one of my favorites and it's just maybe a, a word that i use um and my favorites are in the moment and my fa- you know all of those all of those different pieces need to be considered yeah you're so real too that's the other thing i think i was telling you before we started this by the way it's we're doing this interview on my back porch <laughs> and it's getting dark out this light doesn't work oh. so that's why it's getting <laughs> I was just dark. thinking are we gonna yeah. turn a light on <laughs> no this light does not work so we i will wrap up sooner and later and if you don't if you don't forget i think i'm mowing the lawn for my last time oh. right now my lawnmower is still in the front yard i've right. got literally probably three minutes minutes left That's to mow yeah. <laughs> and it's gonna be dark and I'm, I'm just gonna do it right I, I mean it's not that late get right a he- just, get a headlamp I'll a get a little headlamp, headlamp I'm just gonna knock it out I yeah. mean by the time I actually get out there and do it right. I'm not gonna change or anything whatever right. <laughs> but but we anyway I was just gonna say we'll we'll start to wrap up a little but uh-huh. I could talk to you about this stuff forever but I know you want to get home and everything too um so I love talking to you about sip and savor but also we could talk about your buffalo bills a little bit oh yeah because I think your episode's gonna come out this weekend which means the who do the bills play so this episode comes bills out on Patriots the Patriots next Sunday yes. so, so today right because this comes out on Sunday <laughs> right. you guys barely eked one out against the Jets <sighs> what did you have 84 field goals in one game um, okay, so it's a funny because yeah, I, it is right, and it's funny the announcers. We don't listen to the TV; we listen to the radio announcers, okay. and um, we love Tasker. He's just he's just like so real when he when he's <laughs> you know announcing the game. Um, but Bass, I I'm like, come on, man! I just need you to do this. I just need you to kick a field goal. <laughs> And we, the first time it was terrible. The second time we made, we made comments and he, does he not make it? And we're like, okay, 
that's it. Every single time we're going to make a negative comment because he's going to make it. <laughs> and I, I can't remember. What was it like five? I'm like, oh, my gosh. Are you like this is crazy. The only points that we're getting is from yeah. a field goal. But. Well, you you're 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 again, you're my age. You were probably not a football fan the last time the Bills were good, right? You were too little. I wasn't. So my husband grew up Bills fan from like birth. I yeah. feel like um, he remembers like every single moment the first game he went to the feeling like everything and me I wasn't even a football fan in in school like in college oh, really? any of that so no that's a new thing too yeah it wasn't until John <laughs> how did you and John meet by the way we can um, we get a little personal story from the Mrs. Hannah yeah, so favor. everybody loves the story <laughs> um we met because he so his brother was marrying my good friend and we met at the rehearsal dinner the night before oh one of those he was the best man i was a maid of honor nobody else was in the wedding and that's where we met awesome (laughs) that's an awesome that's like a movie yeah it really is like a movie you guys just hit it off yeah yeah yeah, we did Yeah. yeah and um I think we dated like six years and then he proposed in uh, it was before school. We went back to school and he told me we were going to Rio Tomatlan. Now, I loved Rio Tomatlan. We went there once. I was like, I need to go back there. He told me he was surprising me by going back there. We were going to some movie. I have zero sense of direction. I have no idea. We can be uh, in in Gates and I think we're in Pittsburgh. Like, I have no idea. And so we were driving and I was like, hey, why does it look like we're in wherever? And he's like, remember, you don't have any sense of direction. You don't know where, to, where we are. And I'm like, OK, whatever. And he's like, why don't you look up the Rio Tomatlan menu and instantly distracted? I'm looking at food and, and he he's like, playing, yeah, he like knew. Yeah. yeah. So we show up and I was like, aren't we going to the movies? Where the heck are we? And and we were supposed to go to dinner after. And he was like, oh, I, I thought that we would do a hot air balloon ride. And I was like, cool okay and so we went up and um yeah he proposed in the air in a hot air balloon and yeah is there a hot air balloon operator with you it was yes it was in um canadaigua and i can't remember the name of the location uh but we took off in canadaigua and he was greek and i remember like Uh i loved it i was like yes (laughs) it seems extremely romantic i just think it's funny that there'd be like a third guy there like a guy who's just kind of like they're off to the side it's funny because he actually i think john called my name or something like wanted me to turn around and i was like I'm watching the deer like I was I was like trying to look and I'm like what does he want and I turned around and I was like oh he's on his knee <laughs> did the operator know that this was going to happen or was yes. he just like oh, yeah uh-oh. <laughs> yeah there's there's like certain signals that they give mm. um which of course I don't know the signals but there's certain signals that he gives and then he's like we're all clear he, for a while yep, you're yep. good <laughs> yeah and so he did it and then we landed in somebody else's um yard and they came out and they greeted us and then they asked to take our picture and put it on Facebook wow and it was just like it was the cutest thing that's and, a great yeah. story I love that and yeah. and meeting your family was at the big my big fat greek wedding style oh my gosh yeah is that your family he was adopted right in he you know my family is definitely um 
louder and they you know we we yeah. like to have a good time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely we enjoy each other's company and we're there's a lot of us i so. feel like the greeks and the italians have this in common yes, we're just like yeah. we're, we're hospitable loud yes. and there's food there's just always food always it's food as much food as you can possibly eat someone's always joking with somebody messing with somebody we have a good time yes. it's lots of fun like i still have like my mother like me i'm clearly not someone who's in need of nutrition right <laughs> my mother still when she sees me will be like are you hungry i've made everything you've ever dreamed right. of it's all made it's all fresh and ready what can i get for you it's <laughs> so like, it's, it's so funny you said that because my um my dad i was talking to my mom and my dad on the way over here and my dad's yelling through the phone is my mom's on the phone with me he's yelling on the other side i sent pitas home you have pitas there's a lot of pitas i'm like okay it's the pork and onion one there's like 30 i'm like all right i know my mom's like you told her there's like 30 of them <laughs> so my brother's delivering the pitas at my house and it's just that's that's how we work every, uh -huh. we're feeding everybody actually it's funny because um so speaking of food like my my dad just loves to like treat everybody and and make sure that they enjoy the food he just likes cooking for people and um joe from nosh and in opg he's been like giving him some food he's like he loves being able to give him different things and so he's gotten to try a bunch of my dad's like recipes and in different stuff That's and awesome. i was there last week dropping off hot sauce for joe to make a garbage plate nice. and my dad's like he needs to have the hot sauce joe's like oh my goodness <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah That's good. okay i think we did it I think that's a podcast. All right. What do you think? Anything? We miss anything? I don't think so. I mean, what, I can talk all day. But... I know. I know. But it's getting dark. Yeah, and I'm it is. Get... I know. Uh, what, uh, last question. Cookbook. When yes. do you actually expect the cookbook to be available for purchase? Okay. So our anticipated date, we're going to have a PDF version and we're working on a physical version. So we are looking for after Thanksgiving to be able to make the announcement. Oh, so you so that's not when it's available. That's when you announce that it's going to be available. So to, we are going to make the announcement for a sale. So oh. our hope is after Thanksgiving. So around Small Business Saturday. So that soon? Yes. You turn this around that soon? Polly. You're nuts. I cannot explain to you how quickly I've been moving with photo shoots I and editing. And <laughs> I believe you. Um, I honestly, you know, when I said, when's this going to be for sale? I seriously thought you were going to say like summer 2021. Yeah, yes. no, I, we're, we're really trying. So PDF version, um, I think that that would be quick for us to be able to, Casey, we, we kind of separated, Casey and I work together really well with being able to, you know, kind of just work in our, in our own avenues. And we're focused on that PDF version, getting it out. And then we're going to be taking pre-orders for the physical version. So physical will not be um, in your hand on yeah. Small Business Saturday. We're going to take pre-orders, take a look at what, how many people we need to account for, um, places that are going to be able to sell it at their location. So, um, I know I'm not just... supposed to give away my dish. My dish was not sauce. I'm going to at least say that much. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that's sauce. Okay. In right. retrospect, <laughs> should I have just done a sauce? I think that that dish is fine. We, okay. I think that you can't say in the retrospect, you, you take a look at 
what you have and we're moving forward and okay. it smelled delicious. It did smell good. It smelled like yes. childhood to me. And I, I do yeah. remember you took a bite and you're like, oh my gosh, this is, I'm well, wait, so glad During the photo eating. shoot, you're like, okay, for the next 30 seconds or whatever you can eat. Yeah. And, and here I'm sitting here smelling it for like two hours right. and then I eat like two bites. You're like, that's good. And I'm like, really, we can do this. Yeah. We can keep going. We can keep going with this. Yeah. All right, stuff. Thank you very much for doing this. Yes, Work out thank for the cookbook. You. I appreciate you coming on once again. It's like the 87th time I've had John, no, but I love, I love talking it. to you. I love it. All right. <laughs> 